What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It's your host, Tommy Buns, here with Sully and Jones for another big week. We're going to talk baseball, we're going to talk basketball, we're going to talk football, but we're going to kick it off with the cheating Houston Astros. They've been to two World Series and an ALCS in the past three years, and it turns out they've been videotaping, stealing signs. What do you guys what do you guys think about that? We th- we we just gonna label them as uh, the Patriots of the MLB, or are we gonna cut them some slack because it's just sign stealing? It happens all the time. Um, I mean, this is a this is a new level. Um, obviously, there's always sign stealing to some extent on on the base paths and you know the, with the players on the field. And we saw like Boston with the Apple watches you know, come in and, and that and get busted for that whole thing. Um, but this is a whole nother level the Astros brought it to. This is like a, a an Ocean's Eleven type fucking plan they put together. Um, it involved, you know, hijacking the TV cameras, um, like near center field, it, you know, multiple players, multiple staff members. Uh, it, was a, it was an elaborate scheme that was well thought out, well planned. Uh, and it was, it was done with the, with the intent to cheat knowingly and it directly resulted in a championship and and two world series appearances so this is a this is another level and it's you know it's truly a bombshell um accusation and and story like they they labeled it Uh, it was reported as a bombshell story and that's exactly what it is we've never seen like anything like this in baseball there's obviously been rumors of it uh you know, this is kind of like the steroid era in that sense, where it was behind closed doors and within MLB circles, people really kind of knew about it, but it never really hit the mainstream until it until you know Sosa and McGuire, uh, and you know seeing the steroids in McGuire's locker and that whole thing, and now you know Friars and these other three anonymous people are really pulling the curtain back um, and showing what you know what actually went on, and it's it's eye opening. And I mean, I I don't think they'll. It's going to be pretty hard, and I don't think they'll they'll vacate the World Series. But there'll be a real hefty fine. There'll be some loss of some draft picks. There'll probably be some some banning of people, and there'll definitely be some suspensions. Only be banning of executives, right? Yeah, executives, coaches. Uh, so you know, so me- you maybe media members. If they can prove they're directly involved, yeah, why not? What's what? But there's no, there's no, um, what's the, there's no, what's the word for precedent of what's the suspension? What's like what right. is? How do you, you know, teams lost out on a chance for the World Series or a potential World Series if you're the Dodgers, um, assuming they probably win at least one extra game from without the st- sign ceiling. So how do you? How do you compensate that? You can't really. You can't compensate it, but like, I mean, look at it this way. Someone somewhere in the world was the first person to commit every crime that's ever been committed. So you, the precedent has to be set by someone somewhere. So 
So what would you set? How many games for for a player? Let's say. Let's say Altuve was caught in. Altuve, well, let's say Bregman because Bregman's probably involved because he's the one. He's one of the masterminds with all this stuff. I think it depends on the level of involvement. But if you're and and what you know, like if if let's say what you say Bregman. Let's say Bregman was the one who sat down and was like, "Hey guys, we can really like steal signs, and this is how we can do it." I'm laying out the whole plan. If Bregman is is Danny Ocean, I think the the I think the conversation starts at 80 games, which is the first suspension for PEDs. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say 80 if yeah, he had that high a role in it. But yeah. if he was just a participant in the role, would you say maybe 10, 20? Yeah, 25. Yeah, 20, 25 games. 20, 25. You yeah. can't. It can't be something like 10, 5, 10, 15 games. It's got to be something that hurts. Yeah, even for just awful. even for just being involved, if they want to <laughs> set that precedent, because okay, you look, one team's been caught really like, and you, this is like a, a clearly the worst it's ever been. So then it's just gonna be like, okay, the guy didn't do it that he did, he kind of stole signs and they kind of did the same thing, but it wasn't as bad. So you're only getting five games because he only got fifteen, you know. Well, it, and then it's I just really like, know. what's the point in not doing it? You're gonna lose five games it, in a hundred sixty game yeah, season. Yeah, it's obviously wrong. It it it, it goes what type of message do they want to send because i'm not sure they don't want specifically they don't want sign stealing on this level it's crazy there's always been sign stealing but they're pro home run they're pro uh you know hitting so this this accumulates more hits more runs you know many fans today don't have the patience for a three and a half hour pitching duel not like we do so you know the fan loves the home run so well they're they're fine with that as long as the purity of the game is sustained which is why they juiced the balls in 2015 because no one knew and no one knew so steroids they were fine with it until everyone knew that it wasn't it was ruining the purity of the game and now it was a problem but now everyone knows and they're going they're dejuicing the ball next year right yeah that's what they'll say they'll dejuice if they if they juiced it if they juiced it 20 percent in 2015 then they'll dejuice it five percent you know yeah They'll True. just say they dejuiced it, and they'll be they'll be telling the truth. But like the fact of the matter is, everyone will think, "Oh, the ball went back to normal, and people are just good." It, but no, they you know they just took away a little bit. Mm-hmm. But what I want to get to is this guy Mike Fires is the only one to put his name to it. Four people, three unnamed anonymous sources, and Mike Fires. Well, Mike Fires people- also hit John Carlos Stan in the face. So I think this is like the second worst. Does thing. anyone like Mike Fires? No. no but, he doesn't. but in a Do situation like any, this... I don't have any horses when it comes to anything Mike Fires related. He's always usually... He's been in the... He's ho- always hopped around journeyman. He's been in the AL with the A's and the Astros and the Stanton. You know, I'm not a Yankee fan, but I don't know what it is. I mean, I don't know if it's his beard, his tattoos, his stupid face. I fucking hate the guy. I just... I think he's overrated. He's had a couple good years you know, re- in recent terms, but uh, like like Mike Fires is saying with the stand thing, he's like, if I knew how to locate the ball, I would be a better pitcher. Like, all right, idiot, like asshole, like you're good enough to fucking not hit someone in the face. Like, <laughs> like you you know if you're brushing someone off the plate or not. Like, come on. So um, obviously, Astros were way in the wrong. This is some next level shit. Like Dave said, this is an elaborate scheme, whatever. But uh, I mean, Fires, this is like just breaking 
guide bro code i don't know team team loyalty whatever code you want to be hammurabi's code i don't know what code it is but but he's breaking some sort of shit i don't know because he's not some good little two two shoes boy fires like he, he tries to be this rough rider in the words of Stephen a i agree My, but i will say like if you're gonna do if you're gonna go down that road at least he had the balls to put his name on it there's three people there's three people that didn't that did the same thing as him that didn't put their name on it. Did it say if the other people were players or coaches or anything? They said the other three were directly involved in the scheme. So we don't know if it's a, a player or... They said they report the report was at least two uniformed Astros players were involved in the planning. And do, do we know those players are not on the team anymore? We don't. We don't. Okay. So like Fires was, was Fires was not involved in the planning. He was just clearly a, yes. uh, someone. He wasn't even a beneficiary. Wait, wait. So these these people that are admitting to it were involved in the plans. Uh, that's what the report says. I believe they were invo- either involved in the planning or had direct knowledge of the planning. Okay. So well, if <clears throat> first of all, if they're on the Astros currently, there's no way they can put their name on it. So. Not saying they're cow. I mean, I wouldn't think they're on the Astros. That wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, to me. there's no way that the the four I, people are still on I the Astros or three. There's no three way. Others. You're, you're really. That's a very slippery slope right there. If if you get caught, you're 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 fucked. I mean, like, think about it. Everyone in the Astros clubhouse knows who those players are. Everyone in the Astros yeah, knows exactly who yeah, planned that's it. That's true. That's true because whether it's executives, players. Matters. There's a select amount of people that knew that information, and you know they haven't had so much turnover that they're not. For all we know, I'm not saying it's him at all. It could be someone like a J.D. Davis. Like he's on the Mets. We got him from the Astros, but there's not many players from the Astros that are like they haven't retained the last couple of years. You know, there's a few. It could be a Charlie Morton. You know, guys like that. Oh, but they actually. Now that I think about it, they did say it was. It, one of the it was one pitcher that they or one player that they described as who was struggling and had and had tried to steal signs with his te- former teams but hadn't. I have the article pulled up right here. I'll I'll, I'll try and find it. Um, Could be Alex Cora yeah. competing. Sure, it could um, be. It really could be. He was there for the World Series. The only thing is he is. J.D. Davis was in the minors. He he only had a cup of, a cup of coffee in 2018. Okay, here, he here we go. So early in 2017, this direct quote from the article. Early in 2017, early in the 2017 season, at least two uniformed Astros got together to start the process. One was a hitter who had strugg- who was struggling at the plate and had benefited from sign stealing with a previous team, according to club sources. Another was a coach who wanted to help. They were shred strongly to believe that some opposing teams are already up to no good. They wanted to define their own system in Houston, and they did. That's not playing the game the right way, Fire said, with, with who was with the team in tw- from 2015 to 17 and was non-tendered in the offseason after Astros won the World Series. They were advanced and willing to go above and beyond to win. Quote. Okay, so those two people you mentioned, the... Um, and then the three three oh, okay. other sources who were inside the organization in 2017 and had direct knowledge of the scheme discussed its existence on the condition of anonymity. The Astro said it required technical video knowledge and required that the direct aid of at least some of the baseball operations staff, team sources said. 
Okay, but the, your first quote that doesn't that's not about the anonymous people, right? The person that's benefited from it and the um the coach that helped out, like the two players in uniform. Correct. It does not seem to say that those are the two those so, yeah, are the anonymous doesn't, sources. Doesn't so those guys could still be on the team. Yes. So it could be a player that we looked at in the 2017 season that struggled and started suddenly getting better. Or or previously, they said. They said he benefited from it in the past. Yeah, and so was struggling we're, in 2017. We're, we're looking at probably, uh, you know, a, a hitter that struggled and had some sort of, you know, Case Keenum-type success with the Vikings, just suddenly started balling. Yeah. So um, I mean, that's something I guess we could look at in a later time and, and try and... And I mean, it wouldn't be J.D. Davis because he wasn't called up until 2018. Um, yeah, so well, it seems like you got to start with the people who are on the team now and were also on the, the 2017 championship team. What was that? I, 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 said, I said you got you got to start with the people who were on both last year's team and the 2017 team. Or who right. people who have been there from 2017 on. Wait, why do they have to be in the 2018 team also and on? I mean, I guess they don't, but I, I think it implies that those that that hitter at least is still on the team. Yeah, I guess I guess it could be. I I didn't take it as that. I'm not but, saying that's where it is, but I, that's where I'd start. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely start with the 2017. What about roster. someone like uh, Marwin Gonzalez? I know he's not on the team that's, anymore. That's but possible. He, Marwin Gonzalez. I think that was was that his breakout year. It was his breakout year. He was never a good hitter, and and that year he ripped it up. That's a very good, uh, that's a very good candidate. Uh-huh. And Brantley well, wasn't I'm on sure. that team. I'm I'm sure in the next week we will find out a lot more about this. This just broke today, so I think we will get much more about this. Let's talk a little bit more baseball. We'll talk about the uh, rookies of the year and the managers of the year. Sully, your boy, rookie of the year. Almost unanimous, except for one voter who's one clearly One fucking idiot. cocksucker. Come on. Soroka had a very nice year. Um, can pitch at home for some reason. But the thing is, like, I don't think playoffs should be taken into consideration, obviously. Like, it's weird how they do it. But he couldn't pitch at home because he was that bad. So, like, the, 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 the Braves didn't pitch him in games one or games two in the division series because he was that bad at home. Like, come on, like... I don't know. It's t- he's taken half the games away. Like, he just sucks at home, and he's great on the road. I know he had a great season, Soroka did, but pitching every five days. I don't know who are the 30 people that are voting on this. Was this some sort of Braves bias? Like, I, like who, Dave, who are the 30 people that vote for this? I have no idea. I thought it was way more than that. I was gonna no. I heard no because I read Alonzo got 29 of the 30 votes, and so originally I put together 30 MLB teams. And Soroka's on the Braves, so one representative for every team, whether it's a reporter, beat reporter for every team, and some bias because Soroka getting a vote. I mean, like when someone has a historic season like a Judge or Alonzo, 52, 53 home runs, not even that, it, it, just over 40-something as a rookie. Alvarez had a historic season with, with the Astros. You give it to them. It's them. It's not even a question. Like it, it's just – it is. Like 120 RBIs. Records left and right for the Mets as a rookie, like similar to Judge. So I don't know. That kind of pissed me off, but I am very glad that he won. He's a great guy. Uh, he's very humble about it, uh, as Judge was when he won it. So um, I heard they 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 are going to have a dinner about it. 
Um, I think Judge said he'd take him out to dinner or something if he, if he wanted. So it was either for the home run record or that. So it's cool to see those guys get along. Um, both had historic seasons. What? Back to back New York guys winning rookie yeah. of the year. Uh, well, not back to back. It was two years ago. Oh, now. two years. That's right. Two years ago. Yeah, for but yeah. but they're both class acts. They're both rep- great representatives for baseball. Um, you know, and it's really exciting to see and being in New York and see them. They're both, you know, hopefully sparring health that they're going to be cornerstones for both franchises for years to come. Definitely. Yeah, it would and, be, uh, you know, kind of what uh, A-Rod and Wright never turned into. Yeah. And then yeah, Wright just died with injuries, and A-Rod just, I don't know. A-Rod didn't, you know, didn't really deliver as much in clutch spots with the Yankees, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, the only year he was great in clutch situations in the playoffs, they won the World Series. Yeah, figures. <laughs> when you have the, the, the uh, alleged cheaters, uh, Jordan Alvarez won the AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. He, kind of, he had a good year, but I mean, I didn't really, I didn't think that was going to... No, well, the thing is, the thing he had a great year. The thing was, he didn't play the whole season. He got brought up like a third way into the season. So, you're talking about a three thirteen average, twenty seven homers, seventy eight RBIs, but he only played in eighty seven games. So, three hundred and thirteen at bats, and he had twenty seven home runs. He played a little more than half the amount of games and hit twenty seven bombs and seventy eight RBIs. So. I mean, not to say you double those stats, but he would have had easily 40 home runs, easily 115 RBIs, batting 313. So he had a great, he, I mean, he was, he, he, he's a a missile so fucking hard. He, he just can't really play the field, but he's fun to watch. And then, uh, today we found out the managers of the year who we have, we had a Rocco Baldelli for the twins who funny enough. Grew up in the town right next to me, local local hero, former Tampa Bay Devil, right and Boston Red Sox. But uh, yeah, so the, the manager, him for the Twins, and then who was the NL uh, manager of the year? The Cardinals manager. Um, it was uh, Schilt with the uh, the Cardinals. Yeah, I think both of those are both of those are no. good, good choices. No, I mean Baldelli you know, is second. I'm not. I- Baldelli's second, but he's a clear second, and it's not close in my opinion. Aaron Boone to, to Aaron Boone. Um, Aaron Boone put had endured right. more injuries than any team in professional sports history. That's a fact. He was playing guys that weren't in the majors for ha- in half his lineup for half the season. He had a pitching rotation that was falling apart at the seams like a wet paper bag for 160 of the 162 games. That guy put together, and he made right decision after right decision. That guy did everything you want in a manager. I don't think you can manage a year more perfectly than Aaron Boone did. And I get the Baldelli angle. Like I get he he brought a team that was not supposed to do anything. But you put those two teams on paper, what Boone managed half the year against the Twins, and you're probably taking the Twins roster. If you're telling me at the beginning of the year you're going to have Mike Ford and Mike Talkman and fucking Brett Gardner playing 170 games, and it, it's just honestly, I don't, I don't see <laughs> He's it. He's playing 170 games. He played eight <laughs> over the limit. I know, I'm, you know what I'm saying. He just um, couldn't get enough of those doubleheaders. Exactly. I see your point. I see your point. One dumb thing with these awards and all these things is that it happens after the se- the postseason. 
so that didn't help Aaron Boone. Shouldn't count, but it does. Recency binds does do it. Not that Baudelli helped Baudelli because they got swept by the Yankees, but I think it, it goes based on expectations before the season, and it might not be right, like you're saying with the injuries. They were crazy and historic every day. It was crazy, but we all expected the Yankees to be 100 103 wins, but when the Twins win the division by eight games and it's not really close and over uh, you know, a perennial team like the Indians and they destroyed their win total by I think 15 or 16 games um, I can definitely make the case for Baudelli um, and he didn't have a pitching staff either I mean he, he really, I mean he had two good starters and other than that, not much at all, you know you got Barrios and you have, Orderizzi had a very good year. I mean who, uh, were, the, who were the Yankees two good starters, remind me I mean, I mean, Paxton definitely got Paxton together. in the second half was phenomenal, and and, and Tanaka. And Paxton, so and Tanaka, Tanaka got it together, but I mean, Hap wasn't good. Sabathia wasn't good. Um, Severino was dead. Herman was pretty solid. Herman was solid, but he got a lot of run support. His ERA was almost like, no, yeah. His his ERA was around four. Who yeah. else did they have uh, starting for them? Spot starts from you know people Lasa- like the lasagna guy, yeah. Lasaga. Yeah, so Ooh, yeah, that doesn't. Wiseaga, um, Wiseaga, but <laughs> yeah, lasagna, lasagna is. I call him. I call him lasagna. It's too hard to pronounce, even though it's not even close. I don't know, but uh, yeah, my my um, thing I is should... like if you put the Yankees, if you put who the Yankees ended up playing on a piece of paper to start the year, there you would have said, oh yeah, it's an eighty-five win team. Well, the thing was, they still had a ton of talent when players were out, though, like. They had, they did have spurts where the lineup was definitely hurting, but they still had a bunch of, they still had the Glaber Torreses and DJ LeMahieu's of the world in that lineup, and you know it, it was in and out. It was in and out with from guys like Gary Sanchez in and out, uh, Edwin. You know they uh, tons of guys obviously, but they had such great depth um, in a lot of positions. Outfield, I mean Clint Frazier is very talented. He's playing. Um, He's our sixth, is- sixth outfielder. It's, yeah, I know, I mean, but he's, I agree. He, he could start for a lot of teams. Oh, so yeah. I think that's a, that's the thing is their depth is so great, and it's you know it goes to how good Cashman has done getting these guys like you know Ursh, Urshela. I mean Urshela had an amazing year, and he's you, he was he was there playing every day defensively, and when he's out, so the guys they had, of course, the Mike Fords and Talkmans are guys you're not going to expect, and maybe do have more talent than we thought. But you don't put any of that on Boone, like you can't but, give but all no, that credit saying, to Cashman. Boone put them in positions to succeed clearly, uh, which you do need to give credit to. I don't think it's as one-sided as uh, as you were portraying it. I think I think it is a close, and I think Kevin Cash needs to be in the mix as well, though. I think Kevin Cash did a ton with, and he had tons of injuries too. I mean, he didn't have his best pitcher for the whole year. He didn't have Glass now for the whole year. Um, you know, I know he, and then he had, and then he, he didn't have Snell for a good portion of the year. So, you know, it's not to say it's the Yankees' injuries, but. They're a team that goes based on pitching. They have a bunch of these, you know, no-name guys. G-Man Choi was, like, one of their cleanup hitters, you know? So they didn't have the most talented roster, and he had 96 wins. So, you know, I, I will wrap that up for AL. And then the NL, I, I wouldn't have given it to Schilt. I would have given it to Davey Martinez. 19-31, and 31, and you come back and, you, and you know, you win more games than the Cardinals. And although it shouldn't count, you win the World Series, so... Yeah, that's true. I, I mean, I pronounced them dead uh, when they were 1931. I I made an announcement. I said, you know, it was a Game of Thrones quote. What was it? It was. Uh, I remember. It it was it was. 
I can't remember what it was, but I remember. Oh, their their watch has ended. Yeah, yeah. Their watch has ended. I I announced it, and and me being the asshole that I am, Met fan, they come back and they 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 throw it in my face and win the fucking World Series. So, but I would have given it to Davey Martinez coming back from that, uh, losing you know Harper, and that's just what I would have done. What? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean Schultz had a very good year, but they also added Goldschmidt, and you know they they added a lot of they had a very talented team. So, oh, it's true, that's true. Leah, we actually have some breaking news—not so much breaking news, but an update on this week's college football playoff rankings. We got LSU number one, Ohio State number two, Clemson number three, and the Georgia Bulldogs number four. Bama out of the top four after the loss to LSU. What do you guys think? You think we're actually? Gonna see a college football playoff without Alabama this year? Uh, listen, I'm I'm a Georgia fan, and I don't agree with those rankings. <laughs> I, I mean, Bam is a top four team. They're still if you can get Bam is going off at twelve or thirteen to one on most books to win the to win the the national championship. Pounce on it now because Bam is going to be in. The only Bam is out of the SEC championship, but because they lost to LSU, so it's going to be LSU versus. Most likely Georgia, ninety percent chance Georgia, and they then Bama has to pray that LSU wins. If LSU wins the SEC championship over Georgia, Bama's in. If Georgia wins the SEC championship over LSU, and either Ohio State or Clemson have a bad loss in between now and their conference championships, it won't matter if they won their conference. They'll they'll put in they'll put in Bama over that because Bama lost to the number one team in the nation. And who gives right. who gives a shit if you're beating fucking Iowa or Minnesota in the fucking yeah, so Big they, Ten they, championship? They have many avenues. They have do have. And last year, people were upset with them making it. And you know, obviously, we know that story. They easily, you know, when they go to the championship, and then you know, they do uh, two get years ago. Around. Two years ago, they oh, they, two years ago, and they yeah. and they won the championship. Sorry, but um, you know, they're obviously going to be there. It's it's kind of a week to week thing. I'm not huge in college football, but it, it is a week to week thing, and I think you kind of you kind of do need to put them fifth. Uh, personally, I think I, I just think what were they third before, or f- was they third or fourth before? I mean, I just don't see what Georgia has a terrible loss to South Carolina, and Bama lost the number one team in the nation. They do, but the the weirdness of college football is the timing of the losses matter. They do. And, and I'm not saying that's right, but the timing does. If you lose at the end or if you lose week one, you lose week one or early on in the season, you rebound from it and you're, you're not saying it's right, but that's what happens. And yeah, it's just, fair. yeah, I mean, I don't, don't be surprised if Bama and Georgia both win convincingly next week if Bama jumps them. No, I, I, I could see that and that would further strengthen the point that the further you get away from that loss and you say, you know, Tua was banged up clearly, still played great. They came back, they made it a game. You know, if they sit down in that game and they lose by 21-28, they might be six. Yeah, they might a, be it's behind a one, Oregon. It's a one-score game. You can't. Yeah, yeah. They they made it a one-score game. So, you know, that's obviously props to Saban and and Tua for battling. You know, when he's not a hundred percent, but you know, we we can. You know, like you said, those odds are great if you can get them, get them now. Yeah, I mean, but, if you, basically all you have to do is win out and hope LSU beats Georgia in the SEC championship, Georgia or Auburn. Then the, yeah, they're they're those they're are pretty damn good odds f- to make the college football yeah. playoff. That's their that's the likely be, outcome. Yeah, their challenge will be on the road at, at Auburn to close the season, which they should win. Obviously, Auburn's offense is is not very good at all. 
Um, they're very defensive. And Georgia's got to get through Auburn this week. Auburn, a great game, Auburn-Alabama. Yeah, Georgia's got to get through Auburn this week. I mean, they should no, win. It's I, a game I, they should win. They're a better team than Auburn, absolutely. Yeah, but, no. But it's still, no, a, it's no, still just, an SEC champion. I, I, I love the, the rivalry. What is it called again? Iron Bowl. The Iron Bowl, yeah. The, one of the best games I've ever seen, uh, it was like four or five years ago, was Alabama-Auburn. When, when, the, when the game ended on a kick return touchdown. Yeah, or I think is it, I, you're going to be missed field goal. Right? It, it was a a field goal, yeah. a field goal that came up short that was brought back for a, for a touchdown. touchdown. That was that was one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah, I mean that's a top ten game in college football history. Yeah, that was uh, that was incredible. That's saying a lot in 150 years. Yeah, like that 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 rivalry has a lot to offer. So definitely have that game circled at the end of the year. But you know, you're. I mean, is there any chance of? What is Minnesota's chances here? They got they got to win out and beat all these teams, right? Like they Minnesota's. Uh, I mean, Vegas is telling you how much they think about Minnesota. Minnesota's like twelfth in fucking. Odds what are they to in win. the rank? What are they in the ranking that just came out? Um, I don't know. It, they only showed the top four that I'm seeing. Um, Golden Gophers are number eight. They're eighth. Okay, so they they did get a good um they did get a good increase there. I'm looking at it right now. So. It's not impossible that they could make it. They I mean, would need they would they need gotta, some things to go their way. Yeah, like they uh, would need, like they going would need to into the yeah going into the fucking horseshoe and beating the best team in the country, arguably. That would, but that would prove it. If the they full did. the full top ten: LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Oregon, Utah, Minnesota, Penn State, Oklahoma. So essentially, I mean, oh, to me. There's really only like six or seven teams with a chance to make it. Because Minnesota has to win out and then win the Big Ten championship. They have to essentially beat Ohio State twice. So, good luck. Tough luck, yeah. Um, Penn State, LOL. Utah. Wait, dude, they only have to beat them once, no? In the, no, in the championship. Them. In the championship. Yeah, but they don't, they don't play them again. I mean, they don't they don't play them in, in the uh, regular season. Oh, I'm thinking, uh, who are they playing? Oh, they're playing uh, they, Iowa. This they week. play Iowa and they play with with uh, Wisconsin. Two which are two, tough two teams. losable games for sure. Two losable games, and if they win them, it's impressive. They yeah. win both, but they have to win. They have to go undefeated and win the Big Ten championship to get into yeah. the playoffs. So the, the 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 final test will be Ohio State, which will be yeah. very cumbersome. And, to and Oklahoma at ten. I mean, they have a shot because the the. Big 12 is the Big 12, but they have to win out and win the Big 12 championship over, hopefully, Texas. Penn State's done after or that Baylor. loss. But Baylor, I mean, you know, Vegas, Vegas tells you what they what they think about those. Baylor and Minnesota are like plus 10, 12,000 to, to win the playoff. Everyone else is in the hundreds or low thousands. I mean, ba- Baylor won and they dropped the spot themselves. Yeah. I mean, no, no one, it's not, you know. No one takes them seriously. People don't take Minnesota seriously yet. Maybe they start. They will start though. But like Oregon, you're not putting a Pac-12 champion undefeated Oregon. You're not in, in you're over not. a one-loss SEC championship. Georgia, uh, Oregon's not or even undefeated. Alabama. They have a loss. Yeah. Okay. So, that so takes them Oregon's out they Oregon's have, they out. They have to be undefeated. Oregon's out no matter what. Yeah. No matter what, because if Penn's if Min, if Oklahoma, Penn State. Or Minnesota went out. They're in over 
over uh, Alabama. Oregon. I mean, I mean, even if Alabama lo- lost the second time, you're taking a two-loss Alabama team over a one-loss Oregon team ten times out of ten. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because yeah, people so. forget they're they're they promise to deliver the four best teams, not the four best resumes. And that's why Bama got in two years ago. That's why they they they'll be in again. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't at twelve to one. That's I love those odds for Bama. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that wait is that and that's twelve to one to win the Natty or to make the college football playoff to win the Natty. Win the, yeah, I was gonna say I was like if those are the odds to make the playoff, I was like I literally mortgage house. <laughs> Yeah, remortgage. Let's put it on there. But let's give our NBA on our NBA fuck our NFL best bets for the week. Um, how did everybody do last week? I think I went two and two. Yeah, me and you both went two and two. I went three and one. Twenty three and seventeen. Thank you very much. I think I'm still at five hundred. I think I've gone two and two the last three weeks. Yeah, I think I'm one below five hundred still. Well, two All below, because right. you can't be one below. No, you you have one. You're one below with a, with a push. Right. Oh, that's what never it mind. Is. Never mind. Because of the push. Yeah, but um, this week I am taking all favorites, which I don't like, but whatever. I'm taking my Pats to bounce back minus four at the Eagles. I like that. I think they'll win that game by a touchdown. Come back after that tough loss to the Ravens. Coming off the bye week especially, more time for Sanu to get into the offense. He looked good against the Ravens. One of the only people that did look really good aside from Edelman against the Ravens. But, uh, yeah, so I think the Pats will win that uh, by a touchdown. So Pats minus four. Uh, Also the Chiefs minus four. I think um, they're going to bounce back from that tough loss this week. That blocked field goal. Pretty much just bounce back weeks for both of those. Two good teams. Um, and then the Bills and Dolphins. Bills minus six. I think that'll. I think that'll cover the Dolphins. Five and a half on my the, bookie. You're getting it. Five and a half. Yeah. You're go, you're going. Uh, you're going Bills. Yeah, I'm looking at my bookie right now, and I have it minus six. But whatever, five and a half, even better. Yeah, I'm taking Bills minus five and a half. I think the Dolphins. Oh no, it is six now. You got it at six. <laughs> yeah, I got it at six. So Bills minus six, and then uh, I'm gonna oh, yeah, take. Sure and then refresh. The Texans-Ravens over 49.5. I think that's going to be a pretty high-scoring game. Those two offenses are a lot of fun. Pretty pretty similar. So I think they. Uh, I think that'll be a fun game to watch. I think they'll put up a ton of points. Word. Um, I'll, I'll give it a run. I have a couple the same as you. Um, I am uh, holding true to my word and, and betting against the Browns. Um, every you week. You said until they showed you. They showed you this last week. Some bullshit fucking half a point cover in a game where they played terrible and so did the other team. That's not showing me. But they did win. They won. You know, they won like the kid who gets the fucking poopy flavored lollipop, but it was free. <laughs> um, so Steelers plus two and a half. Yeah. Um, I also like the Bills minus five and a half. Uh, same same reason. Fuck Dolphins. Fitzpatrick. We don't even know what he's what he's doing. Yeah, they got it's a little. Six, they, you got it. Oh yeah, six. A little a momentum for the kids. I'm not, I'm not buying it. Uh, back to reality with a, against a real defense this week. Uh, my over under. 
I'm going to go with the uh, Bucks and Saints over 50. Highest total of the week, I think. Yeah. Or no, besides Chiefs Chargers. Uh, but Saints looked uh, uncharacteristically bad last year or last week. Uh, these teams have had shootouts in the past. I like bounce back for both these offenses. Uh, so over 50 from that one. And then my last spread... Uh, mm, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something unfathomable right now. I think you're going where I'm gonna go right now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Mitch Trubisky and the Bears. Yup, that's what I was doing. I can't believe that just happened. I wild fellas. I had a, I had a feeling that was the game because yeah. no one takes the Bears. Yeah, I don't know. I think anyone's ever taken the Bears this year. Plus six and a half. I yep. love that you're getting the hook there. Mm-hmm. If you're really nervous about it, buy the extra point. It's at minus 105, so you're still <laughs> going to get minus 120 on, on a seven-point spread. And I, the Rams haven't impressed anyone all year. They're up and down hurt. I mean, they're, Cooper Cup is going from uh, Jerry Rice to Jerry fucking McNamara. So, <laughs> I, I just... You know, Sean McVay is he's lost his luster this year. I don't know what it is. The, the line's terrible. Gurley's got his genius. Gurley's got more arthritis than a guy in a fucking <laughs> Viagra commercial. Uh, so yeah, Bears plus six and a half. Book it. Trubisky's gonna yes. throw for sixty-eight yards, one touchdown, three for seventeen passing, and Montgomery's gonna rush for four hundred yards. All right, that is a good segue into what I am picking. I am taking them as well. The Rams lost two of their linemen, off starting offensive linemen. Their starting center, uh, something Allen, for the year. They lost him for the year and a, another lineman for this game. The lineman's already bad. Now it's dreadful. Now that's why Goff has no time. I know Goff's better at home. That's the one thing that spreads big. But um, Gurley, like you said, arthritis can't do anything. I mean, I think Cup will rebound, but, you know, it, it, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game at all, which is why I'm going to take the under at 41.5. I don't see either of these offenses putting much up. Both are very good defenses. I, score, I, I got my over last week. Going back to the under this week, um, you got Mitch, uh, Goff, you know, Arthritic Gurley, and uh, Montgomery. Those are the best players. Woods, I mean, the defenses are so much better than the offenses, so I'm going to go under. 41.5. Um, yeah, what did the Rams score? 14 last week. Their their offense is beyond overrated. Now for my second and third spreads. Um, I don't want to do this, but I think it's a gift from God. I'm going to take the Jets plus one. Dwayne Ooh. Haskins is starting. Um, Dwayne Haskins is really, really, really bad. Not saying he can't be decent, but he's really bad. and He shouldn't see a football field for like at least a year and a half, two years. I mean... This guy doesn't have a touchdown on the year yet, and he has four picks and I think five or six turnovers, um, or something four or five. To, I don't know, but he he really doesn't even have a touchdown yet. So, and the Jets are looking better. The Jets are two and four with Sam Donald, two and three when he doesn't have mono. So, there that sounds a lot better than their record. Not saying the Jets are good, but they're better than the Redskins in my opinion. And and it'll be like a home game on the road. Um, so I'm taking that, and I, I hope they lose, but they won't. 
And then I'm going to take, for my last part, I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings minus 10.5 against the Broncos. Broncos have a backup quarterback. They're better than Flacco, but coming off a bye, I don't I don't like Vic, Vic Fangio. I don't have any stock in him or this team. This defense is not what it was. Uh, all they have is Philip Lindsay. The, the Vikings, though, 1 o'clock game, you know Kirk is going to be delivering. Kirk is on fire lately. Look at Kill, Kirk Cousins like, winning primetime games now. Kirk Cousins winning prime time. So that wow. means he, he's going to dominate 1 o'clock game. I, I mean, Dalvin Cook is the best running back in the league, in my opinion. I think he's better than McCaffrey. I mean, whatever. Take you know, take your pick, but he is dominating. He had like seven catches, 80-something yards last week. Um, he is he is dominating in every way possible. So give me Dalvin Cook. Give me Kirk Cousins. I don't even care if Thielen's not playing. And I don't know his status, but 10.5, I think they'll win by 17. So, those are my picks. I got the Bears, the Vikings, the Jets, and uh, the under and the Bears Rams. Nice. Love it. Love it. Lock those picks in on my bookie. And, yeah, you know, we'll be right back here next week for another episode. A little quick one for you guys this week. But we got to it. I'm sure we'll have more on the Astros story to talk about. We'll have our picks like always. We'll definitely get to some NBA next week. We'll take a deep dive on that, let football take a back seat, and yeah, we'll see you then.